there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Have us left back? <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, this is, an is, a. this is a this is a, a shout. Isn't I, I kind of like it, you know. Okay. I'll say all this, and there's a massive buck coming. Havertz is a brilliantly intelligent footballer. Everyone who works with him will say that. He could be so brilliant in the attacking third. But 25-year-old uh, Ramsdale, how much do you sell him for? Between 60 and 80 million. This is the top five most important Arsenal players of the Premier League era. The Ripple Effect is back. Hello, everyone. Uh, breaking news. Mowbray's just gone. Heckingbottom's gone. All the managers are going. Could well be panic week. First ripple effect, straight into one. Yeah? Let's go. Off the cuff. Let's off the go. cuff. Alex Manipenny joins me, the man behind. I always want to go the different knock. It is. It is the different it knock. Is. Okay. It's not different knock. That's weird, isn't it? So it is the different knock. Okay, that's good. So, which is an amazing Arsenal YouTube channel. I binge watch their videos regularly. I like to let a couple go, which is probably not ideal support for you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're going to talk all things Arsenal, but we are going to touch on a couple of things because I just like chatting with Alex about football generally. And there are some other things that we do want to talk about, like a bit of Rashford uh, and uh, a bit of management change. Now, how do you feel about the idea? So Mowbray has got Sunderland. He's just got to say, I literally just found this out, guys. Um, and Sunderland are ninth. They're three points off sick mm. in quite a sort of congested league i would say is the ripple effect of managers doing well <laughs> seems to be that they get the sack yeah expectations <laughs> increase Expe- yeah. Well, yeah. And, and this will be something that obviously we'll probably get into the weeds of when it comes to arteta as well yeah. Yeah. is that you create like this new ceiling or watermark and it's like that or nothing yeah like the Mowbray sack again my initial reaction that seems wildly unfair it is a good squad but still I do wonder I, I always think in all football analysis we're working with scraps in terms of information and we have what we see and the football and you're right in terms of a football decision that seems mental but the problem is is you read in books 10 years later or whatever and it's always you know so and so said this to the manager or yeah. whatever. It's, there's always something that we don't know yeah I mean again I would say with Mowbray Mowbray sometimes is one where if you're cla- oh, another ripple effect for managers if you're classy enough, you'll get sacked quicker. Oh, go on. So Mowbray, Mowbray won't sort of kind of punch back or show his teeth. I mean, it can work both ways. Yeah. But I think you've got to show your teeth a little bit sometimes. And Mowbray can come across as quite dour sometimes. Controlled aggression. Controlled aggression, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like on the pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, like on the golf course as well, guys, if you are starting your golfing journey, as I am. Uh, yes, exactly. And I think sometimes if you're... It's so hard when you're not winning games and results are everything because you can come across as a bit wet if you don't mm. sort of fight for it. But if you say, like Gareth Ainsworth is a good example of QPR, he was like, 
pure fight mm. and it was like shh, shh, yeah watch Gar- the interview enough Gareth <laughs> yeah yeah you're not helping yeah. us right? like, exactly and also yeah. so for Fuentes just come in who I am uh, happy to talk about QPR again guys back to back victories yes. people can I get a high five yes. come cool. on come on and he is he's got no excuses like mm-hmm. the game in which we lost he was like well I'm not happy <laughs> I love it but you do need the results to back it up. That is the big thing. Yeah, and though. I guess also a manager is an is an ambassador, often of an idea that a chairman or a, or a board have. And if you know results can be happening, but if you're not representing the club in the way they want, because it's there, they own it, and it's almost it almost it's almost like a a bad parental thing where a parent thinks you know I sort of own this child or they fully represent me. It's like mm, you've got to create a little bit of separation. Do you know what someone said to me who will remain nameless so that they don't get abuse? That he said that football fans are such snowflakes. <laughs> and I was like, that's so, for, for all the sort of stereotypical uh, possible politics around football fans and what they're into, right? <laughs> if if you say anything like bad about your, your identity your is, is is in that, do you know what I mean? So it's yes. you know people are you know protective, understandably, but they are snowflakes. But Heckingbottom <laughs> as well is another one. Company makes a really good point where you know you lose your best striker, mm-hmm. you lose your talisman. In Billy Sharp, who I'm not saying he's good yeah. enough for the Premier League, but he is an effective striker. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the culture of a club, he's, you know, integral in that. Mm-hmm. You lose that. You lose your best midfielder in Santa Berge. Even if you bring in a couple of exciting players for the future, it's going to take a second and it's going to be difficult. And if you don't, you know, spend above that, then life's going to be difficult for you. But he exceeded expectations against Sheffield United up last season because mm-hmm. everyone's thinking Norwich and Watford would, with the parachute payments would would bounce back up and they didn't and they, I think they were eleven points clear of Luton. Yeah. So I, I predicted all three promoted clubs to go down because I think if you look at the investment that they did over the summer, that didn't feel like Nottingham Forest type investment. Going, let's try and make it happen. So I think then when you comp- when they go to a Burnley and get beaten like that. I think you go to a Burnley. I, th- I don't think Burnley's that Burnley. I think we, could, I think we might be seeing uh, the initial click of But I think because, because I, I wonder whether they see themselves in the same bracket as Sheffield. And again, I, I often think it, you know, I think the football is the, is the primary factor, of course. But in the end, maybe what actually swings it, the kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back is the, the representation of the club. You know, what do we look like? What does, you know, what does this manager represent us, et cetera, et cetera. I think these things play a bigger role than maybe we, we, we give them credit for. Here's a question for you. I've had this debate with a few people and I have it every year, generally. Do you think, and I'm going to show you the, t- the uh, table here, because with that idea of, say, say Burnley, say something's clicked a little bit. And, and the thing I would, th- I've done a video talking about the Sheffield United situation. And the thing I'm kind of throwing out there, and again, it, obviously it's close to home, is that mm. Fifuentes is a completely changed the way that QPR are playing. Yeah. We have the ball so much more. And uh, having a... a, a such an investment in that identity mm. it gives a roadmap for a team to sort of get themselves out of trouble stay in the game yeah. and if you've got the ball you've got an element of control mm. but with this league right so Sheffield United bottom obviously so I'm suggesting Sheffield United need to kind of go down that road a little bit to give themselves a chance because I think if <sighs> possession isn't everything of course not but in terms of creating stuff but if you are a team down the bottom and you can keep the ball, mm-hmm. they can't score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. your expected goals against is going to be lower. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be useful for Sheffield United. But Sheffield United, Burnley... Iriola is probably a good example of that. Exactly, right? But so Iriola, you know, I know Bournemouth fans are feeling quite good about them at the moment. 
Nottingham Forest in 15th, mm-hmm. Fulham in 14th, mm-hmm. Wolves, a lot of people like Gary O'Neill, Roy Hodgson, obviously outrageous experience, mm-hmm. um, Brentford, super smart. This is, I think, so the question I was going to get to was, some people always go, ah, oh, the league's never been worse than it has this year. I generally always think it's getting better and better and better. And the problem you would have with a Burnley is who's going to who's going to drop into that three if it's not Burnley because you've got really well run clubs yeah. pretty much everywhere else in the bottom half of the table yeah and and so do you think the league is do you think it's a strong league this year do you think I, it's a weak I, I never league? really understand that that idea that the the league is the worst it's ever been maybe in terms of I, I guess it depends what you mean if you mean the competitive level, like if a team, if a relegation threatened team in 2023 played a relegation threatened team in 2013, if you could do that, right. I think they'd spank them. But I, yeah. th- I think, you know, I guess football's or, changed, right? But football's changed. Maybe relative to the league this season. But again, I also think that is largely down to economics in the sense of what I said about clubs coming up and maybe not less clubs doing that kind of Nottingham Forest thing because they, because they have the parachute payments, because they know this is a kind of. I, I also think, just going back to what we were saying then, Burnley famous last words i can't see them sacking company because i think he is almost like a in the same way that an angie is almost like a mentor a kind of uh, a a, a figure to be held up at a football club to say this is a guy who no matter what whether we go down whether we whatever he you know there's and obviously there's a limit to that but who can sort of see us through things we trust this person i think again it's like fan fans see themselves in the football club and the same reason that it might be in inverted commas snowflakes is that thing of you see the identity if you feel this guy's got us even if we go down this yeah. season, he's got us. I trust him. I feel safe. The moment you start going, you shouldn't be giving interviews, Gary Ainsworth or whatever. The moment <laughs> you start going, oh, I don't quite like it. That's when the football can be. Yeah. And, and do you know what? said it's a good comparison company in Postcoglick. Comedy said, I think it was before the game, maybe, but this he was going to go, we're gonna, I'm not going to change because if I don't believe in this, yeah. then, then they're not going to believe in anything I say from here yeah. on. Yeah, and that's that's I think especially at the beginning. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you, but I think especially at the beginning of a of a, I think you can adapt maybe four or five years down the line. But when you're just coming into it, well, maybe two or three years, when you're just coming into a club, you're saying this is how we play. If you're three months later with two injuries, basically, so the centre backs going right, tear it all up. Yeah, I can understand as a more kind of leader, sort of, I don't know what the word would be, but sort of, I, I, I guess, idol sort of figure. You want to be careful with that. Yeah. Okay. Right, guys. You're going to get a bumper episode because it's one episode this week. If you did miss last week's episode, on Friday, obviously, we had the the double with uh, the producers, the greats, the kings. That was great. I really enjoyed it. Enjoy it. Good. Uh, And the second one we did was how YouTube changed football. And uh, it was one of the most enjoyable ones. I think we've done in terms of just looking at a different uh, element of it. We've also got some amazing podcasts on the horizon. Going to be chatting to a uh, sports psychologist uh, who focuses with uh, elite footballers and uh, in terms of allowing them to be elite. And also we have already recorded, and it will be coming out on the anniversary of the World Cup victory, uh, a interview with Guillaume Balaguer, who's done amazing. a... Great uh, update to his uh, Messi book. And we're also going to be doing a YouTube video as well about Messi as well. So that'll be a nice one over Christmas. You can just mm. remember how brilliant Messi is. Ha- anyway. Have you ever considered a player liaison officer? I So what I want to do next year is... I don't know why I'm waiting till next year, but it's just because we've got yeah, other yeah, stuff yeah, coming. Yeah. And actually, Joe, you know we've also got a quiz on the. We're going to do a Christmas oh, Christmas quiz, which is really hard to say. Quizmas quiz. <laughs> uh, but next year, I think we want to go down two routes. We want to have sort of... 
bigger guests if possible, whatever that means, right? But also, yeah, all those nooks and crannies of yeah, football yeah. that are there. Like I saw there's a, like a substitutes uh, yeah. analyst or coach or coaches or like that. I'd yeah, all those guys. That. Yeah, 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 I want. I, yeah. I really want to go and get uh, have conversations with all those people yeah, next yeah. year because uh, there are so many people who make a difference. Yeah. Like you say, we are feeding off scraps a lot of the time. Yeah. So and yeah, I, and I think you specifically in your brand are uniquely positioned to have those conversations. Oh, That's great. Well, yeah, well, yeah. If you are, if you've got a weird job in football, yeah, <laughs> hit me up. Right, uh, word of the week time. Calm. Mm. Not showing or feeling nervousness, anger, or other strong emotions, which Alex did brilliantly there. You could see that exclusively on Spotify as I said calm and looked at him he just carried on with the sip of his uh, water very well he did that very well I would match that with the new insert into the dictionary for the definition of calm so the term Barclays is often a term associated with drama chaos and a roller coaster of emotions none of these words feel apt to describe the current feelings around Arsenal at the minute their peers have all been involved in chaotic games over the last few weeks apart from Arsenal, who generally have been very steady and remained on course. For this reason, and all the focus being on Barclays, which is not the sponsor anymore, I don't think, is it? Yeah, but it's, it's kind of a word now, isn't it? It's, it's become its, its own it's thing, isn't the, it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's been so many occasions of videos I've wanted to say Prime Barclays, yeah. but but, and it, but people don't really want it. they a sponsor, though, still. I think, they, I think they are a sponsor. Are they? Okay, good. But obviously not the main one. Right. Uh, it all feels very calm around Arsenal, especially compared to last season where they found themselves in a very similar position and it was far from calm. We'll get to... We're, what we're going to do in this when it comes to Arsenal, we're going to have a look at the options for the possible one problem that Arsenal still have, if you could call it that. And we are kind of, again, feeding off scraps when it comes to Arsenal because they do look pretty solid right now. But also we're going to do a set and forget 11 for the next five years that could create a dynasty for Arsenal. Uh, maybe not. We'll see. And we'll offer up some options, some sort of would you rather's as well. But a couple of other uh, interesting things from the weekend. So Ben Talks Football uh, is a TikTok account. It's a guy called Ben Bowman, who's a, a really good voice uh, on football generally, but Tottenham specifically. But he's actually put forward a, a little ripple effect. We've actually stolen this, Ben, so apologies, but I know you'll be okay with it. So here's a, a, a ripple. The Pope injury, which of course happened at the weekend, is going to finish Man United. You've even put it in capitals on the bit. I yeah. know. Yeah. That means shout it. <laughs> Nick Pope uh, is now injured for four months. So this means Newcastle will probably use Dubravka until January, which is a good backup, uh, and invest in a goalie in the transfer window. If they do that, it'll most likely be Ramsdale on loan, maybe. Now, I know you did a video on Ramsdale. Arteta said he didn't want to let him go yesterday, which is okay. interesting because a lot of people say, well, it doesn't mean anything, but he hasn't said that for three months. So I, I think there might have been a conversation. Interesting. He uh, could have, basically, he could have said that at any point since he dropped him. And he's only said it yesterday. And actually, he was asked in the press conference, uh, what about Ramsdale's Euros places? Have you spoken to him? And he said, yeah. But And again, he's been asked that before and he hasn't said anything. So what what would he have said to the similar I, question? I, I, he, would, he just wouldn't have answered it. He'd, he'd have said something along the line. <laughs> no. He would have said something like, look, we're, you know, we want all of our players here. We're happy with all of our right, players. Right, he's given very general questions. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. never. He rarely goes, yeah, we want to keep him. Interesting. And he's done that yesterday. Which is... that, how do you analyze a press conference <laughs> because that is tr it's tricky isn't it yeah. like there's because there's things that they want to say and sometimes you can feel that like yeah. i felt that with the whole debacle with var and things mm -hmm. like that i thought it was straight out that Mourinho, you know handbook of well let's let's make this bigger yeah. so we don't focus on the, the performance at, at all or the first defeat yeah so there's things that they want to say there's yeah. things that they clearly dodge yeah. in saying yeah. so yeah what is your analysis well, of an arsenal press conference well 
<laughs> if you're an absolute nerd like me, you you watch every single one. And I think at some point you you end up realizing you can see different moods. You can see yeah. different, you know, it's also another massive thing that I think possibly another uh, episode. These guys are translating into another language and there's certain things I'm, I'm trying to learn Spanish myself at the minute. And you realize that there's certain ways that you'd phrase things that just don't exist in English. They like just, the they, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, they just they thing. just phrase it completely differently. So it might come out in a certain meaning. And, the, and if that then becomes a massive media story, it's not over analysis. It is the analysis that well, they've been slightly had to, to re-word uh, what they're trying to say. I think with Arteta, yeah, he's fascinating in process. He, he, there's certain ways he phrases things. I think it's normally, I can tell when he's essentially, with Smith Rowe, there was a definite change in his tone when he, um, when, when he started talking about Smith Rowe. There was a period where he was sort of going, look, we ask for more out of all of our players. We're interested in... It's kind of a politician's answer, really. Right, yeah. And then Was he doing the fun thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Was yes. he? Uh, yeah. I Strong it. and stable. Yeah. Key <laughs> issue. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, but but then when Smith-Rowe... Um, Rumours were that he physically had, had, had improved. He was much more... It was praising him a lot more. Now, him saying, look, we want every player to to, to do better when he's asked specifically about Smith-Rowe isn't never going to make headlines. So he's smart to do that. Mm. But it's then interesting when the tone shifts because when you're a nerd and watch every single one, you can notice it. But obviously the outside media don't, don't have the time. So, But it's to, to be able to read them, I think, is really good. And I think it'd be interesting... I wonder if you'd be able to do that with any manager, or is it just oh, the no. idiosyncrasies of him? I think because I've watched, yes, I couldn't, I couldn't do it with a Ten Hag or a, any, anyone. It's just because I've watched enough of of, of Arteta. But the, actually, interesting as, as well, there are certain things that just get completely misrepresented. I often find when you see read a quote, often on Twitter, X, sorry, um, often when you when you read a quote on 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 there. Then you go and watch it. You realize, uh, yeah, but because of the thing that happened before, he was sort of responding to that. So it's it's always interesting to watch it. Yeah, and do you know, I've noticed a lot of people uh, apologizing and going X, and I I would like to say just stick with Twitter. Fuck you, <laughs> because <laughs> because it was Twitter. We were all fine with Twitter. We want to call it Twitter. You've tried to call it X, and still, in some elements of it, it still says Twitter. So, fuck you. All right. All right, Elon. All right, Elon. What a year. I'm a pretty powerful guy these days. Okay, what are you going to do about Mate, it? Mate, the people who speak into that mic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Are you speaking into this mic, Elon? Gary Lineker. Don't think you are. Alistair Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Such names as. Yeah. Ian Wright. Okay. So uh, it looks like, yeah, Ramsdale could go on low, but now you're suggesting. And I, I, I thought that would be... I'm not saying it won't happen. I think that would be silly. I think it would be in a little abroad move, maybe, for Ramsdale, that he then is able to use when he's retired constantly. Because he'll have like a couple of stories. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when... Um, like Michael Richards. Like Michael Richards, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a couple of months or, or Joe yeah. Hart. Like, what yeah. was that like? Yeah. It was like being in space. <laughs> That's just a different world, isn't it? But yeah, no, it's fun. But I think he'd have a good time out there, wouldn't he, as well? Yeah. Anyway, I could see him at Fiorentina. Ramsey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, uh, cheeky Elas Verona, whatever they're called. Yeah, like just yeah. go and have a bit of fun. Anyway, uh, or if they want a goalkeeper right now... David De Gea is a free agent. Wow. I mean, it is right there for you to see, but this this could be horrific for Man United because Newcastle play Man United at Old Trafford on April the 20th, 2024. By then, the battle for top four could be very tight, possibly, and hinge on a handful of matches uh, with this match being one of them. If, and imagine if David De Gea signs for Newcastle and makes save after save after save, which he's obviously utterly capable of. 
And also the other thing with Newcastle, I'd say that Pope is his main weakness is his kicking. Mm -hmm. So if you bring in David De Gea, you have a team that is sort of capable and used to working with a goalkeeper that's kicking is not at that outrageous yeah, elite level. Yeah. So it's a great fit. And it's, so. and on the free. Yeah. And David, hey, you're going to get some serious wages there. So he's happy <laughs> as well. So whilst Anana could let in a howler, obviously he's done that a few times this year and end up costing Man United. That that could so easily happen, right? It's it's eminently possible. It's I, Yeah, I, I think... It I, seems obvious. It feels obvious. Is that confirmed, the Pope injury? Because I still haven't seen official confirmation. Oh really? I mean, I could be wrong. I could be. I could be wrong. By the time it's come out, I don't know. Yeah. But. I mean, and if I'm wrong, you know, let just enjoy that for what it was. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Heckingbottom, of course, uh, on his way. We've spoken about that, and I, I guess the one question is: Well, we were going to talk about the possibility of Neil Warnock coming back oh. to the to the world of football. We one on the. Oh, I think it was the second podcast we did. And actually, I, I would uh, recommend kind of work your way through the podcast as well, because the bulk of them are very, very evergreen a lot of the time. Or certainly, like, you know, about you 60% of them. Evergreen. Yeah, you love it. Do I say a lot? Every time I see you, you say it. Really? It's great. It's a great word. Uh, really? Is that not a word you hear often? Then? No. Oh, really? I think it's a very, What's it's the opposite a... deciduous? <laughs> the, the, the trees when they're like, when they... No? No. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it is. it lasts for a long time. <laughs> Another way of saying it. So yeah, go check them out. But we do we spoke about what Warnock said, which was, oh, "I only like work." He, he'd gone into Huddersfield. He turned them around. He kept them up. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, they're going to be going down this year, of course, because Greensboro Rangers are on the charge. <laughs> but he was talking about, "Oh, I only like working," you know, four months of the year. Yeah. And we spoke about how that bit could become a thing mm -hmm. where people get parachuted in. And now we're getting into that season where Warnock could, could arrive again. But obviously not going to happen. Chris Wilder is back in business. Uh, good luck, Chris. I hope he does do well. But I think he's going to be you a You might be on something there. Like finishes in football, but you get finishes as managers. Yeah. And Warnock, in terms of stay, uh, keeping Sheffield United up, sometimes you don't need tactics. You need vibes. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a as a finisher, if you're if your your whole thing is having a coaching team on standby, ready to bring the vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you need those different things. Yeah. I can't remember the different examples we had. I think we had like because like Lampard got kind of brought in uh, at that at, at similar time. Mick McCarthy got brought in as well. He, so it was like these sort of elder statesmen. Now those two that I've just said both didn't go very well, certainly for Chelsea or Blackpool, but. Yeah, there, there's definitely something. Or oh, Allardyce, of course, was that as well, where he would yeah. come in again, didn't really work. But again, maybe maybe we're moving past that, where you vibes ain't enough anymore. Uh, Anthony Gordon's run of form. We'll see him get into the Euros squad. We've, uh, we're putting a video out, certainly by the time this has come out, about Anthony Gordon's movement. Um, I'm really, yeah, really happy with that video. I think it, it will showcase a lot of stuff that people aren't seeing about Anthony Gordon. But when you do go and watch it, you then will watch Anthony Gordon very differently. I think he's so smart. His movement is electric. He is electric. Scores a lot well. of tap-ins, which is usually a good sign. But, but the move, so we break down that movement, goal. Yeah. We break down that goal, and it's so clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a spoiler alert: he's as much as uh, when you're on that back post and the ball's on the other side. What he does instead of what most people go and oh, it's going to come to the back post, yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what he does is he takes a step sort of diagonally backwards away from goal. So imagine, uh, you know, towards the halfway line. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that gives him then a yard to then yeah, yeah. Uh, steal a march yeah. on, on Wan-Bissaka. And it's really, really smart for yeah. someone his age. He's, but, but it's he's funny because really... it's usually used as a pejorative, oh, he only scores tap-ins. It's like, well, 
there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. And do, <laughs> like, do you know what I thought as well? We didn't speak about this in the video. He has destroyed... Probably a heavy. He has destroyed... That's, that's the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. He has destroyed... Yeah, Trent. Yeah, yeah. Trent could not handle him. Certainly in the first half of that game against Newcastle. Reese James got sent off. And wan who is known for being this wonderful one-on-one defender, which he is, couldn't handle him either for, sort of, for that moment. So mm. he's getting the best of the best. Yeah, that works. Good. Okay. As he got, <laughs> has arguably had the best week of his career so far with excellent performances against Chelsea, PSG and Man United. Surely he will earn a call-up to the England senior team if this continues. And this is where we can maybe talk about Rashford because mm. the, it would be on that left-hand side. And generally, Rashford has done well for England. He's currently ahead of Jack Grealish on that left-hand side. But, of course, Anthony Gordon plays on that left-hand side as well. If we were going to the Euros tomorrow... One, would you make a swap and go, Gordon, you're just in outrageous form right now. You need to come in and Rashford, you need to go out. Secondly, is that something that you think Southgate would ever do if you know if it was now May and we were in this similar situation? I don't know. I think I think he'd probably say both, I think. I don't know. I I, I really can't understand Southgate ball. It feels like it sort of is this sort of amorphous glob that depends on whatever's happening at the time. Um Look, I think I think Gordon's been. We were going to say before, right, about Rashford in terms of the local player thing. Yeah, so and that, I, I wonder if that's on the flip side helping Gordon in the sense that he's got away from that Everton. Yeah, thing. that is. Sorry, I know we've got Everton fans in, but yeah. you know you have that thing. He's he's slightly away. I, I, interesting. He called Newcastle the best fans in the world the other day. Did he? Why would you say that? Why would you say that if you didn't mean it? But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, what do you think about that he guy? That. Uh, <laughs> Not my words. His words. <laughs> Maybe it's lost in translation. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> just, just, just to finish off that. Yeah, just well, just because well, because he kind of well from Geordie now. He started oh, yeah. his accents uh, switched a little bit. Uh, he's uh, so he could still play for the Republic of Ireland or Scotland through his yeah. grandparents. I think so these I always find this quite interesting. It's like Declan Rice, I remember annoying a lot of Ireland fans where uh, <laughs> where Declan Rice and Grealish, both of them honestly it's Declan Rice in particular. Declan Rice his in a monologue was essentially well, I didn't think I was going to get into the England squad. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I chose <laughs> yeah, Ireland. Yeah. But, I, but they want they want me now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go. Have you seen? I know uh, all other fans are hating me right now. Have you? And have you seen that interview with? uh, I don't know who it is, but it's someone in Evan Ferguson where he's being asked. Yeah, that's horrific. Goodness me, that's horrific. I think it's a guy from Talksport. Yeah, he's he's basically saying to Evan Ferguson, "Would you ever play for England?" He's like, "Well, I'm (laughs) Irish. I'm Irish." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Jackson. I know, but you've been in this country for a while now. (laughs) Maybe figure something out. Terrible. So yeah, I don't see that happening. I think Gordon as well would one be calm, two as I think top scorer for England under twenty one, yeah, yeah, so, and yeah. three Southgate always provides that p- bit of a pathway for him. Yeah, and actually he's getting to the point where I think people will really change their tune on Anthony Gordon in the next four or five months because I, either me myself, I remember I was on Sky Sports News and I said that the bid came in from Chelsea. Klein. Sorry, is that, is that a flex? Is it a flex? I think so. Oh, okay. Sorry. Is it a flex? All right. I don't see it as a flex anymore. But, um, ooh, shade. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> but I said that everyone's going, uh, we're talking about um, Everton selling Anthony Gordon to yeah. Chelsea. And they were like, you can't sell Anthony Gordon. He's he's so important. He's so important. And I was like, he, he scored three goals. I think he scored six goals or something. I can't remember the exact stats. But when essentially, you'll have 60 million to spend on 
three players yeah. that could provide you five each, and then you've got tw- and a couple of assists, and all of, and you've got twenty goal contributions. Gordon, as for the tenacity that he showed at Everton, I was I hadn't seen yeah, it at that time. As of I, think, I think it was, yeah. yeah, that's a good take. But again, it shows that it shows that I think in that moment I stand by what I'm saying, but also. Players change. Yeah, players get better. It's not players develop development. in certain roles. That was another thing I said about. I said about Trent. I said he needs the reps in centre midfield because at the highest level against the Man City, two things were happening in that first half. Either, either he didn't want the ball enough. Well, he thought. I think he thought Bernardo was tracking him, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, you don't believe that? <laughs> I mean, he he was, but but you know that. Yeah. It's Man City. You're not the first person to be man-marked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, where does Bernardo Silva play? Yeah. On the left on the left side in that half space. Yeah. Of course he's going to go and mark you. Yeah. I didn't really understand that. But so, you, to be that good, and again, it's so difficult. You saw it this week. Basuma, Basuma had a terrible game against Tottenham. Uh, Chelsea, uh, City, Christ. Um, and the reason for that, again, is, is it very, it's very difficult in that press. But if you want to be a six, and again, this is a different question with, Trent is is he a six is he an eight where, where where do you put him where do you play him but if he is going to be a six in games like that and Jill is a great example Declan Rice Declan Rice as a sort of deep line playmaker in the World Cup the first game he was a touch iffy second game got a little bit better and he got the reps but also mm-hmm. you work on your game mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Trent today for me is not doesn't seem to have that ability to scan or that awareness in the build-up phase. But if he plays 100 games mm. in that role and he plays games against Fulham as well as Man City, then then all that can can be provided. Um, I guess the other side of it is is this Rashford thing. So I, I find it amazing how everyone's got... Everyone's very angry at him. Well, it kind of goes back... I think goes back to what we were talking about. Local lads... Um... I, I do think that plays a, a, a part, and I thought Jamie Carragher spoke well about it on Sky. Um, it, it might be unfair, but it is a thing when you're a local player. Yeah. Like, it, it probably is unfair, but yeah. it, it is a thing that I think there's an expectation. There's a almost like a betrayal when a young player doesn't run for the shirt because you, see, you, you think, well, if I was in your position, and you, of course you don't know, but you think, well, if I was in your position, of course I'd run as hard as I could for, for the shirt, etc., I just I look at Rashford and I felt for a while he just needs a fresh start, and that could look like a new position. I don't think it will be, or it could look like a time away, or it could look like a sale, or it could look like a new manager, or whatever. But I've just felt for a while it just feels quite stale. I think what he's struggling with now is there's a very dangerous age as a footballer, and it's 26, because when you're 26, you're not a kid anymore. You know, like George's a great example. We're gonna, obviously we're going to get onto Arsenal and, and the squad. Zinchenko's 26. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, how you look at players, mm. and obviously there was... Well, Jesse Lingard was like I was a gonna say. promising young player for his entire still career. Is, mate, still is, yeah. <laughs> But it's funny, isn't it, how, how certain players... But again, the Ling, to break down the Lingard thing, do you put Rashford in that same bracket in the sense that because he came through at Man United and hasn't gone elsewhere maybe it's maybe that's a part of it where Zinchenko has you know he's moved he's moved positions he's maybe that's an element where you have to see that otherwise they just mm. you don't really think about it but Rashford now has gone through a few cycles of up and down form mm-hmm. and I think with the local lad thing 
if you kind of look out, you, if you go, how old is he again? He's mm-hmm. only 21. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, okay. Yeah, sort he's of got back time. On, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Now, he's a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, it, it it's kind of everything we've been talking about. Gordon, Trent, Rashford, whatever. Development isn't linear. And I do wonder if there's a, I think that's a Rooney as well. And, you know, I was quite young when he first came through and all that sort of stuff. But I also think, I felt as though Rooney had this massive explosion and maybe isn't so rated is because he, he had a career afterwards where people people remember that massive explosion where he burst. Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. You have that moment and Rashford comes in, you know, he, they, you, they get the injury to, who was it, Ibrahimovic or someone, yeah, uh, whatever it was. Michelin, wasn't it? He has that moment, he's, you know, whatever. And then there's this expectation that you go from there. You 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 yeah, linearly develop from yeah. there and you yeah. become Pele. And yeah. it's like, well, actually the vast majority of football careers, in fact, every football career isn't linear, but the vast majority of football careers have ups and downs and are just are not like that. Yeah, totally. And he says on an audio platform, going upwards. <laughs> yeah, which you can see exclusively <laughs> on Spotify. Five stars, thank you very much. Okay. But the, I think he's, he's also sort of, again, he's hurt by the surroundings. I think, look, in, in the moment itself, and, and to be fair, because the thing is, for me, I'm str- I struggle to go after him because... I know he's a good bloke. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know he's yeah. a good bloke. He's yeah. done great things. Yeah. He's English. All that bias that I clearly have. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, against myself, if it's Bruno Fernandes and these same things are happening, right. I think I'm, I think I'm going after him. Yeah. 100%. So that's something I need to reflect on, guys. But mm. I, I do think... What does that say about you, James? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it says that there is an element of bias there. But I also think aesthetics are interesting. And... I think for me that what he did for the country, yeah, weirdly, it's which has got absolutely nothing to do with football in it, mm-hmm. but it, it somehow carries weight in my mind a little bit. I mean, the, the clips that we're seeing where he's not tracking back, it isn't good enough. No, it, it isn't. But players go through that, and I think we. It's I always, I always say this like when because we're coming to Zinchenko at the start of the season. If you said to every Arsenal fan, you get everything you get from Zinchenko. There's going to be two or three moments this season where there's a bit of a moment where he, he falls asleep defensively, whatever. Yeah. Arsenal fans go, probably on balance, I'll take that. But in the moment when it happens, get rid of him. You know, in essence, that a player is going to have peaks and troughs. Okay. But when they happen, it, uh, the, the patience is kind of wearing thin. Now, with Rashford at United, I think there's been a lot of peaks and troughs, so I understand the patience wearing thin, but I do think that's a principle to... Just with the Zinchenko thing, so is that easier for you to say because... I heard this and I heard a similar thing. You're top of the league. One because you're top of the league. <laughs> two because you beat Wolves. Three because uh, didn't Zinchenko make a mistake in the Wolves game? Yeah. Or yes. Well, mm, yeah. Ish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you still won. Yeah. 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 So th- I think we're, it's all very easy for us all yeah. to be calmer 100%. when when we're sort of when things are working for us, yeah. right? Oh, so I think that is something to remember with all of these players. I think overall you have to suggest: is there enough? Haven't we seen enough in in Rashford's career to suggest that when things are are in place, and this is why I keep coming back. I tweeted this. I keep coming back to the style of play. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, you know, it's something I'm looking at a lot. And you go through phases of things that you're looking at, right? But if if Rashford is playing in a team that owns the ball, where he plays on the left because they, you know, forget injuries, but it's a team that knows their jobs, knows how to work the ball up the pitch, mm-hmm. and he touches the ball, he receives the ball like Jeremy Doku does, yep. 
17 times on that left wing mm -hmm. in the final third, and his job is to run and make something happen. His sort of output looks better. Um, yeah, and perception. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so where is he playing on the right, playing on the left? He's got, he's got bloody Lindelof or whoever playing left yeah. back. Yeah. All of those things do play a part. Now, ultimately, you, you have to have an opinion and go, is this guy good or not? Mm. And so I think some people go, McTominay, okay, you're, you're good at that role of box crashing. You have an eye for goal. But for what Man United want to go and become, he's not good enough on the ball mm. in terms of picking up the ball. That's a, that's a fair opinion. Rashford, we have seen it. Yeah, We have seen the quality. We have seen him, you could call it being streaky, but... For a Man United team, when they had most players fit, yep, and sure Luke Shaw Joe, fit, Joe, Joe crucially, week, yeah. right? With Luke Shaw there, him playing on the left, they're a better team and he's a better player. Agree. And I think, I think that's a fair pinch of salt on this. No, 100%. Because the turn on him is, bit, it is very aggressive. It feels very aggressive. And I, I, that always just makes me go, yeah. I don't know, it just makes me wince a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, everyone's due their opinion. It's a call. But I just feel like there's an added little dollop of rage with Rashford for some reason. I, and I, do you I, see that? 100% I was watching a United fan cam. And the the emotion in the guy's voice, Rashford. It's like, my own son, not <laughs> tracking back. It's like, yeah, there is that. There is that added... added, added, added uh, do you know what I wonder as well? Player. Is there one element here as well for, for p the world of pundits? And there's lots of us. That they, the ones that were found out to be wrong about Rashford because he had become world class mm -hmm. last year, this is their guy. Like, ha! See, yeah. I was right. He's not good enough. Yeah. So they're again, they're, they're allowing themselves that little bit more aggression. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I think it's interesting that sort of. The... And, and by the way, he was performing at a world class level. And again, it's not linear. He can be world class for a bit and then. Drop yeah, off. but and, again, that's also not only individual. Yes. There's so many factors to consider. And I said to Joe, I said, who in the set and forget? You've got Joe, you've got Garnacho, and you've got Sancho. Mm. Who over the next five years will do the best? And he said Rashford. And I think people could tear that apart this week. Yeah. But in three weeks' time, you go, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the same will go for Garnacho. Yeah. Can, again, and I can't remember who said this to me, but they were saying that. Can you succeed in an environment like Man United right now? Like, who is succeeding yeah. at Man United right now? I don't know because because you could you could score thirty goals a season and still lose half your games. And but and you're also you're also just looking for one individualism, two kids to to save you, right? Pull out both seats, like yeah. yeah. And but which we all do it. We yeah. all do it a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, that was interesting, wasn't it? Right, <laughs> let's get on to Arsenal. We're going to have a short break. You're listening to The Ripple Effect. Myself and Alex Moneypenny. It's all things Arsenal after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Right, guys, you are listening to The Ripple Effect with myself, James Alcott, and Alex Moneypenny from The Different Knock. Great YouTube channel, incredibly insightful, good video essays, storytelling. I think they've got a Patreon as well with a podcast, which is great as well. Link to him is in the description. Go and check him out, please. Okay. I promise you, I promise you, we are getting to this set and forget. I promise you. <laughs> but I do want to talk about Arsenal overall. And uh, first of all, that word of the, the week, the calm. Do you feel calmer about Arsenal this year? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I also, I predict us to come second. I always, I always bet against myself because I'm like, well, you win either way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You either yeah. win the league or you don't, and you don't, and you can say you're all right. But g- genuinely, because we've got time, we've got time, and I, and I, 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 I know no Arsenal fan wants to hear this because we've been waiting for trophies for years and years and years. I want to look back in ten years' time, having won four or five Premier Leagues and a couple of Champions Leagues. I don't want to look back and go, let's go all out for the league right now, right now. We have to win, and then it all falls apart. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. But that's very hard for fans to sit, to sit here and, uh, and hear so yeah I'm, I think we're in it for the long term yeah that's interesting I think that the sort of the micro madness of watching a game of football which I am awful for like I completely lost my voice last week when we beat him and like, I got so emotional when we won because we yeah. haven't watched this win for a year because yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you put out hope yeah. you put out hope you put out hope you put out hope I think this year that the sort of control that Arteta has both offensively and defensively. And I was watching your video about Zinchenko and the sort of uh, the upping of his defensive stats. I think as much as that, that's fair to give him the, the flowers for that, I would also suggest that there's, there's there's so few less options from an attacking point of view for the opposition it feels like this year. It's all, it all feels very shut down, which means that people are kind of like not talking about Arsenal too much because often you follow the chaos. Yeah. And... And so Zinchenko's stats have gone up. Like the, my one critique or like a disagreement with that when it comes to Zinchenko is the fact that it's more like it's a it's a collective thing, yeah, which yeah. in itself is a compliment of Arsenal this yeah. year. Is that it felt a bit more, or it ha- felt feels like it's been far less um, free going forward, mm-hmm. but freedom leads to free space, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that leads to chances against you. And it's a f- similar feeling that people have. I think this is the first uh, inklings of that feeling with Man City where people are oh, it's just like really good and there's like, I don't see any real weaknesses here right now. Now, I don't think that's totally Arsenal just yet, but some of these victories, in terms of like the hard-fought, boring victories, mm-hmm. they look so much better now you've had the week that you've had where you've mm-hmm. played some really great football yeah. going forward, yeah. scored yeah. goals and, uh, yeah, and seen that, the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, how do you f- reflect on it being a little bit more boring this year? Yeah, well, well, f- the first thing to say, I think, is that that front, let's call it the front six, so Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli, I think the first time they all started together was that Luton game. Uh, there was that Lons game. So right. I think I think I could be wrong, but I, I think it's certainly one of the first times, if not the first time. So that that is a massive factor. I think, look, Arteta... You know, I'm a massive fan of Arteta. I think he has made a few mistakes over his course uh, over the course of his managerial career. Of course, he has. But broadly, what he does really well is the big picture stuff. Going, what do we need to look at long? We might get something wrong in a game, but long term, how do we improve this team? And I think he looked at the end of last season and he went, "Where's our weaknesses? It's individual errors." It's transition goals that we scored, we, we conceded a few of, uh, specifically Rashford at, um, at Old Trafford and a few other games, like Southampton where we gave the ball away in midfield, et cetera, et cetera. He looked at all of our weaknesses, Zinchenko's, a couple of Zinchenko's moments, I think the timber signing, 
and the fact he's injured, I said this in the video, has, has postponed a conversation about Zinchenko. As yeah. I actually said in the video, as much as he has improved this season, I think it, there's a conversation coming about mm. that. And if you look at the signings, we've got in David Raya, we've got in Declan Rice, we look, we've got in Kai Havertz, and we've got in Urien Timber. Declan Rice has completely transformed the middle of our of our midfield. What's so impressive about Declan Rice is everyone knows his defensive anticipation. We we all know what that is. We we've all seen it. Seemingly spotting a situation two seconds before everyone else. That that is a superpower that you can't take away from someone. It's like it's like Saliba one v one or you know Rashford cutting on 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 his right. You have certain things that you go actually that is you are maybe one of the best in the world at that specific skill. Mm. So if you can put someone in a, in a situation where, right, Declan, you're picking up second balls and you're stepping in early to stop transitions, you're done. And that's what you go and pay £105 million for, which no one's talking about, which is amazing. So that that was, that stopped the transition goals. The, t- the timber thing, I think, was to stop Zinchenko's perhaps a um, couple of moments last season. He had a moment against Leicester. He had obviously the moment against Trent. He had a couple of other moments. And I'm not saying he would have replaced Sinchenko completely because there's games for Sinchenko and games without, with, for, for Timber. But to, to shore that up, I think Haberts, we didn't have much height in our in our attack. So he added that in. Um, and David Raya, although I think the margins are smaller, does add. He has a bit of a higher starting position. He, he claims more crosses. He's a little bit more proactive off his line. And then that happens. The Mudrick type of goals happens. Mm. But that's a very, very clear idea of a big picture stuff that Arteta, it's in the summer, has gone, right, that's what we need to fix. And that's why we look better. But not just that. On a on a collective standpoint, we are more measured, I think, in build-up. We, we do look probably, let's say, less fluid going forward. But it's because I think we've, I have this ridiculous analogy about a craft beer company or like a company that starts out and sort of has one product I have this one watermelon beer that sells really, really, really well. It goes going really, really well. That's a good. <laughs> Tunk Pie PA. Um, and uh, <laughs> other IPAs are available. Um, but you, ha- you have this, you know, one. <laughs> that one... was a fictional. <laughs> you just said a fictional. <laughs> well, um, yeah, this one thing. And say your watermelon supplier falls over, right? You go, whatever. What you need to be is that company. Who was that company who owned like all of the beers? So when people stop drinking Corona during COVID, it's like, I don't care because I also own Budweiser. I also own Foster's. I also own all these other brands. I think that's what's happened. We've developed so many, we've we've improved so many different game models where take Wolves at the weekend. Normally we build up in a 3-2. That week we we, we built up in a 2-3 because just uh, to uh, pull Zinchenko and Tommy Asu further aside, Basically, to give Declan the run of the midfield because they didn't have Joao Gomez or or another guy, Lamina, um, and then we can we could break through them. We had a bit more space. And then the week before, we, we we stayed in a three-two. You know, you can you can go through every single game and go, ah, Zinchenko's slightly wider today, or uh, Erdegaard's dropping deeper today, or you know, you look at those little adaptations, and that is re- we had this brilliant game model last season, yes. but it was pretty flimsy. Yes, and it broke down after one person basically Saliba falling over, mm. and that's you know. It's it that, that you can't do that now. I think what's taken time to get to is this adaptable football where we can go actually this week. You know, we haven't got that player, so let's do this, let's work differently. And just to say, Swiss Army knife and a toolbox are two other analogies you can use if, if you need them. Well, you so you, you didn't like the craft beer one, I'm not sure. About wow, that. just needs a little touch work, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, God, you're spot, you're spot on because also I think a good, a good Arsenal is an Arsenal with zip. And that's what I really enjoyed about them last year is that, like, as you say, the tongue tie PA, whatever it was called, the, the zip in that setup yeah. was there, right? 
But I guess as time progresses, first of all, people, you know, t- I need it. I was going down that analogy. Again. First of all, <laughs> the opposition understand it. And so you have to make those little tweaks, yep. but then you need to play those other tweaks with the same zip. Yep. And I think we are starting to see a touch of that. And I think, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where we're at in March yeah. and who kind of falls away. Cause I, I think Liverpool need to need to improve a little bit. But I, my thought with Liverpool is always that they had a lot of answers, both in terms of formations um, and personnel as well. But Arsenal are sort of gently working it and is a, is a lot more subtle with, yeah. with you guys. I did want to go through the list I've got here of the left-sided eights mm-hmm. because there are a lot of options here mm-hmm. and he, he hasn't used all of them. And the true answer to it, I think obviously yeah, the desire was Havertz. Yeah. But it, I, just to sort of rank them quickly, <laughs> if that's possible. First of all, Havertz. Is he finding his feet finally? Is that a bit top-liney because he scored two goals? Where are you at with, with Havertz? Do you feel like he's, he is the guy to sort of to take that and own it? Just briefly before I answer that, I do I do think we can't like name me City's starting back back line. You probably have Ruben Diaz, but then it's moving around. It's is it Cavadio at left back? Is it Ake at left back? Is it Stones in there? Is a Kanji in there? Who's at right back? You can move move things around. I think that's this adaptable football football that we're talking about. I think we you do have stalwarts and players that will play every week, but I do think this left eight option is something that is. I don't think it's not one for you. I don't think necessarily. I think there's this idea that well, who's our left eight? And I actually think that's kind of the point. I th- I actually think there's a there might be players who play more and play less, and there will be. But I also think there is a an accepting. There's an exception that, for example, okay, in less space, like habits, for example. Let's let's just use him. In a game where you're struggling to create space centrally, I think Habits is is your best bet because I think he's a space creator. When you don't think that's possible, when you think Habits might, when you think, okay, I think Habits could be able to move. Why does he create space for you? Just through his movement, right. just through, through the way he arrives into into space, the way he 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 drags defenders around, the way he pulls wide, the way he interacts with Rice and Erdegaard and all these all these guys, he 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 can vacate and enter a lot with. It feels a bit a bit more intelligence than than maybe other options. Okay. But for example, if you think actually he might he not, might not be able to do that today, if you want someone to work in tight spaces and, and accept the spaces that he has, Trossard, go get him because he's the guy who can get to in and out of his feet so quickly. He's so good. He's so good. So direct gets his shot off. He's a fantastic option. And I think the these are all, all of these guys that we'll mention, and we will go through them. But all of these guys, I, I think sometimes there's a there's a desire to go. Well, who's our who's our main option? It's like it just depends on the game. But don't you need a go? You still need a go-to yeah. guy. Absolutely. And so, do you feel? Who do you think is your go-to guy at the moment? If I had to choose, if I had to select, and as we will later, if I had to select one right now at, at the left eight, Trossard. Trossard. Yeah. For me, I agree with you. I. Uh, but, but there's games that aren't right for Trossard. See what I, I mean? I get that. I get that. I just think if you think of Man City. Even those changes, I understand that from that's more of from a, I guess from a defensive point of view. But he's also got too many good players. But <laughs> in midfield, it is Rodri, it is Bernardo Silva, it is it is De Bruyne if he was going to be fit. Uh, yeah, but also also again, oh, Bernardo Silva is used in different ways in in different games. Sometimes sure. he, you know at the Emirates he put him a left back and then or he plays on the right or he comes into the left half. But Havertz left back. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> Nogles, where's the video on that? Nogles did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the video on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, 
so Trussard, you believe in the big games, you're playing a final tomorrow. Trussard is, is your go-to guy? I think so, because, because I think he he's more direct. He's more explosive. He's less, uh, obviously, he hasn't got the height necessarily. But I think in terms of how he combines, I loved against Wolves, um, recording after Wolves, and he was dropping out into the left space when Zinchenko would come in. I think he's, he can receive out wide. He can he can sort of make those central runs as well, which Havertz doesn't necessarily do. Yeah, I love I love Trossard. I think he's... I, I said to someone, how many teams somewhere, you know, whether it's at nine or left, left eight or left wing, does Trossard not get in in the Premier League? And I think there's th- two or three, maybe four that he doesn't That's get in somewhere. What do you think keeps stopping him from being the go-to guy you, is it is it physicality is it defensive transition i know it's again you like as you're saying like horses for courses sometimes like in a man yeah. city game would you get nervous and you wouldn't play a trossard well i think if you're looking to go long you probably don't use trossard if you, you know if you want a, a, a an option that can step out from uh the left central midfield role to, to go long to you know at the end for example in the wolves game Arteta put Havertz on and and just Hollands go stand on the right touchline and just he just kept going. You watch the footage; he just keeps going like that. Just put it into Havertz. So in that situation, you wouldn't have Trossard. I th- I I think maybe in more transitional games because I think if you look at Havertz's numbers, they're really good in terms of tackles and interceptions. He's actually coming coming in at not quite but near Rice and uh, Rice levels. So the, probably the physical battles are probably have. have I think for. that is the thing with Trossard is I think if you've got a Champions League final tomorrow. That's what will cost him, sadly. And also, the other thing I think is why he's such an asset is if you play two games a week and he plays, I don't know, 65 minutes in those two games, Mm -hmm. that's a nice little chunk. Yeah. And also in the second half of games, he's great. He's got a goal in him as well. So in terms of that, and and also importantly, you can put him in in a lot of different positions as well. So uh, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Trossard, but I think it is interesting that he... You know, is he your Solskjaer? Is he your... Yeah, and that's Arigi? a very good squad role, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and uh, there's it. a lot of minutes to be had, right? And also, again, I think that's the other thing that is is so important to remember all the time is playing Man City is not playing Fulham. No. And it, it's the same It's the same for you guys. Zinchenko as an eight. Timber on the horizon. Timber! Off you go, Zinchenko, into that eight role. What do you think? Very good. Um, <laughs> it's actually an office timber. And actually, I should have gone timber. I thought you were going to, we're going down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I see a lot of fans be like, play Zinchenko left eight. And I'm like, okay, in our, for Arsenal at the minute, what, do our eights, what are our eights asked to do? Often they're asked to basically be around crashing the penalty box I'm not saying Zinchenko can't do that I'm just saying we've never seen it so if you're convinced that he can do that I don't know where you got that from um, certainly in the Premier League um, they're asked to often lead Odegaard certainly on the right but sometimes on the left to lead the first line of the press does he have that intensity and that intelligence to do that again not saying he can't I'm saying I don't know because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it uh, can he uh, can he be the guy receiving the ball as in, uh, instead of progressing the ball through the thirds? Can he be the guy receiving it on the half turn and playing the kind of either needle Fabio Vieira pass? Again, don't know, haven't seen it. So as, mu- as much as I hear the shouts, there's so many question marks, especially physically in the final third, where I think you could probably get it off him a little bit. I, I just think Zinchenko, in terms of getting it through a team, is so good. It's like, why would you pull him away from that? If, yeah. you ha- if you're playing Zinchenko... 
let him be the guy receiving it in the in the first phase and getting it through because he's so good at it. Mm. Like, why put some put a specialist in the final third who is there who can who can you know shoot from distance or, or whatever? And the only thing I will say is I think Sinchenko, especially for City, they used to set up this sort of almost cage around teams, and Sinchenko would often be the first person to step in. He's really good at that, so I see that as an eight. I just think there's so many question marks, especially as an Arsenal eight, where I go, anyone who's like, he absolutely, absolutely is an eight. He plays it for Ukraine. I'm like, okay, fine. I just, I think there's a lot of question marks. Yeah. He's also, he's the guy for Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's important yeah. as well. So yeah. so everyone, work. let's work around him because he's yeah. he's the dude. Uh, Declan Rice, you spoke about him there. And I think that one, you talk about superpowers with him. Again, the reason why I'm so certain that he was wonderful is that 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 ability to read and stop mm-hmm. uh, the opponents, often that's, and we're doing a video on it at the moment, uh, which I'm really, really excited about, which is about those kind of players, those kind of sixes. But often those kind of sixes, the reason they have that ability to read the game is because they're slow. And because you're slow, it's a bit like, I mean, I'm not blind, but like if you're blind, you're sent, your hearing gets better. Yeah, yeah. All those kind of things. When you're slow, you need to see it because you see that danger because you're like, uh-oh, yeah. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Yeah. So for Declan Rice to be as physically impressive as he is mm-hmm. and be able to see it early, yeah. that's why he was an absolute no-brainer and a safe bet. Yeah. Him as an eight, though, again, when you think about a Champions League final, if you've got Thomas Partey... Mm-hmm. Having Declan Rice as an A, and I liked him in that role against Man City because it essentially it was like, if we need another guy to drop in and get on the ball, then great. We also can still provide that cover by allowing, say, Zinchenko or Timber, I think it was in that game, to just stay yep. stay on that left-hand side, not step into the middle. But thirdly, his ability to just deal with that left-hand side mm-hmm. is, is superb and drive with the ball yeah. as well, yeah. which he's wonderful at and has been for a long time at, at West Ham. So... Is in a Champions League final, is he your eight? Well, if if in the Champions League final you can create let's let's say you believe you can create a load of mini overloads in that in the left half space, right? So you think you can drag Martinelli inside and Rice can and, and can get a two V one against Carver Howe. So let's say you think you can do that. Yeah, stick Rice in there because he can charge through that that space and, 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 and get the ball up the pitch for you. But he's not as comfortable receiving out wide. So do you risk not allowing Martinelli inside as much? Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, yeah. it's it's always a, a trade-off. But then you say, okay, you get that central passing hub in Thomas Partey, that's fantastic. But do you lose a little bit of transition control? It, it, it's yeah. it's all a trade-off and it all that's depends so on the on the opposition and what you're trying to do in that in that game. And I think we often, as fans, and I, and I, I do it as well, and I try not to, we think in first 11s, but it, the first 11s dead. It's a squad game now, like, but it's a great format, isn't it, Alex? So, yeah, sorry, it's a brilliant <laughs> format. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, last few. So, Bakayo Saka, would you ever move him in there? Is that down? That's down the road. You need to get yourself another guy well, on the right hand side. He's done it. He did it. He did it against City. Thank you, MJ, in the corner. Um, City uh, in the Carabao Cup. I want to say in like 2021. That is an absolute stab in the dark, and someone will tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but, but I mean, but and he, he so he has done it once. We know that. But like, would you in a year's time would you try and find a phenomenal right winger and, and give him that chance to be more central? Yeah. Look, long term, I think you know naturally you you become less explosive. And Saka's ability to roll contact is some of the best in the world in sport. Mm. Like it, his ability to take kicks 
get up and carry on, but also ride the challenges. So, you know, you compress the spaces a little bit more. Um, I think it, I think it could be a fantastic option in there. I just think it may be, yeah, he, he would just, it was actually come back to what you were saying earlier about Trent. He would just need, I think he'd need a bit of adaptation period. He's got the talent to do it, but I wonder whether just, your, your body's being asked different things in that you're, you're being asked to get out your feet a little bit quicker. You're being, you know, harried a bit more. I think it's a, it's a lovely idea and I think he has all the ability to do it. I just think it might take a little bit of an adaptation period. Okay. And last few. Uh, sure. Emma Smith-Rowe, I think we know he can play that role. I, I'm quite slightly confused and disappointed. I'm not seeing as much of him as I would like. Do you, just very, very quickly on this, because I want to get on to the next bit, but the, does he have a long-term future at Arsenal? No. No, he doesn't. No. Okay. Uh, Vieira, does he have a long-term future at Arsenal? Okay. <laughs> wow. But that, that that's another podcast. That's, that's down the road. But I could. I. I would. I've said this the whole time about Vieira. I would love to be wrong because I think he could be a gorgeous player. I get the recruitment of him. Yeah. Like, I do get it, but it just hasn't clicked but just yet. It's is it? just if you can't affect games, you could be you could be Michael Jordan in the NBA. If you can't get on the court, it doesn't matter. Mm. It like it, it doesn't matter if you can't affect the game when you're in it. which, yeah. I, which I think he struggles to do. Yeah. And yet these guys, it's so important they're playing at this age. So so important. Yeah. Last one, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, this is a, this is a this is a, a shout. I've seen it? this knocking about. Yeah, people love it. Like the, you I, know, I, I like his tenacity. It. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be. I I kind of like it. You know, yeah, uh, I don't know. Again, I think there's games where I say this all the time, but there's games where you're concerned about the opposition, and there's games where the opposition are concerned about you. And I think in those games when the opposition are concerned about you. Jesus is is great fun there. Yeah, but again, it's it's what you want to get now. It, you're getting to a point where everyone's good. Yeah, is everyone? Is there a way where we can well, wiggle you over here because you are so good to bring in another guy who's yeah. world class to to sort of really raise the level all round? Like Saka's a good example yeah. of that. And and I also think you know we were talking about Zinchenko. Well, plays Zinchenko at left eight. It's like well, he kind Why? of he's kind <laughs> of already well yeah, but he, he's kind of already a midfielder. Yeah. So all you'd be doing is pulling him away from his best zone. I think with Jesus, he goes everywhere anyway. Yeah. So I think maybe allow him to do that. And I, I, I would, the Zinchenko thing doesn't work for me because if I'm Vieira or Trossard, I'm going. Uh, yeah. What about me? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like or slight. Charlie and... Patino. Or, yeah. Patino. <laughs> he's not turned. Uh, he is maybe uh, Charlie Patino or Wanieri or whatever, whoever it is coming through. And you go. He's not even a. Yeah. He's not even yeah. A he's not even a... Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. 
I am just praying to God. This is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Right, here we go. We got there, guys. We might need to put a little time in the description if people just want to get to this part. But I tell you what, it's going to go up on YouTube as well. So, you know, just oh, keep, me keep calm, everyone. It's me waffling. No, it's not. It's, it's me asking questions that aren't on the running order. Sorry, Kai. Okay, so Arsenal are a great team right now. But in the next five years, it's going to be really interesting to see who stays and who goes. And there's often a feeling around players. For example, say someone like Kieran Tierney. He was everything for Arsenal, wasn't he? Then you bring in a couple of players and you're like, oh, has he gone, is he? Where's he gone to? That's football, okay? So, with that in mind, and Arsenal looking to get where they want to get to in the next five years, we're gonna, I'm going to put forward some options here. We can wiggle things around because Joe just ripped it up, but generally it'll be two <laughs> players in a certain position. But due to the versatility of Arsenal, I think we can wiggle things around because there's, there's one or two here that I think are a little bit unfair. But what we're looking to do is to put together and create, or you are, a team that is, and I might actually put my thoughts here as well, actually. Why not? An 11 that you would set and forget for Got Arsenal okay. for the next five years, okay? okay? okay. And we, you'll have to sell the other guys so we can see how much money okay. you can make from them as well. Okay. So you just chuck out some numbers. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. First up, Aaron Ramsdale versus David Rea. When they came in, when he came in, David Rea, were, was it a conversation for you? Or were you like, oh, no, no, David Ray is better. Because I think we're sort of, we're, to a point, we're obviously being led by the evidence, which is, why have you brought him in? Well, he yeah. must be miles better. Yeah. I think, here, here's, here's what I think. I think David Ray is better. But the margin of how much better he is, I don't think is that much. I agree. So, I and again, you, you look for, a lot of fans go, well, he's not, and you know, why has Arteta done this? Well, Arteta, is, he's kind of told us quite a few times. He's he's literally spoken about a number of things. He said his bravery. He loves his bravery. That to you know, at the end of the Man City game, he said, "I love that he doesn't just kick it everywhere," which I don't think was a dig at Ramsdale, but felt a little bit. Uh, he said he loves his. Uh, he's talked about. His, we can see on the stats his starting position is higher. We can see the cross claiming numbers. Right. Also, Ramsdale tends to go over bodies when he claims things, and Right almost comes almost between bodies and comes up, which right. I which I like. Um, he's a little bit, yeah, quicker off his line. I spoke to a goalkeeping expert, John Harrison, who should have him. Have you had him there? No. Oh, he's amazing. Ooh. A guy called John Harrison. He's fantastic. Okay. And he spoke about how Ramsdale sometimes 1v1s is, this is his, his words, and I would never be this, know this. He said he said something along the lines of he's too far down the line of the shot sometimes. So he okay. turns certain situations into higher XG. I understand. Higher XG chances, essentially. He so sort the, of decides for the attacker. A little bit. So the Garnacho one, uh, the offside goal in the, in the goal this season, uh, in the game this season, sorry, was, was an example of that. So that's all true, fine, or, or whatever. You can think of whatever you want about it. Is that worth £27 million? Up to you to decide. Is that worth upsetting Aaron Ramsdale, who is probably one of the best goalkeeping prospects in the world? It's up to you. Clearly, Arteta thinks it is, you know. And, and it also... That the David Raya interest has gone back a long, long time. Right. And I don't think it should be un- underrated that Iñaki Canya, uh, I think they're all from a similar area in Spain and they're all, and they're all Spanishers. And I, it does make a difference. It does. You know, so... I think what's interesting here as well is two things. Is there a ripple effect of 
so Aaron Ramsdale will leave, it seems, right? And he will. he's 25 years old. He will leave for a lot of money because he signed yeah. a deal in, in the summer, yeah. which is cruel. But when you say 27 million, will you get 27 million for, for Ramsdale? I, I would imagine that. Yeah, you, should yeah, you know, you're going to get do. very, very close if to that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so from that point, there's not a problem. Also, this whole episode, which I, f- I agree with what you're kind of, I feel like you're pushing a little bit, is the, it, was this necessary for, for, for sort of the fallout of it's, it all? It's, well, I wonder. What, what I've said is it's a step in the right direction, but it's like a shuffle. It's like, fine, but let's say, let's say we don't sign Kyle Havertz or David Raya and in my pie in the sky imagine, imagination, we signed Jude Bellingham. Does that get us closer to our goals? I think it does. Mm. And I'm not saying it's Jude Bellingham, but you know, someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Do you take that money, keep Aaron Ramsdale in goal? How much further do you get towards your goals? Sure, it comes back to what you were saying earlier in the podcast, which is Arteta's great at the long-term thinking. Yeah, yeah, so in the yeah. short term, this is this feels massively unnecessary for me for not a certain amount of gain. gain. And I th- feel like David Raya and Ramsdale have, their, their calmness has dropped or you know the anxiety has, has risen because of the story around all of it and of course the media and the noise yeah. but long term you're gonna you might even be money-wise up and also the second thing i was going to say which was well secondly you've got a guy who statistically was one of the best goalies in the league last year yeah he we know he's good with his feet which mm. is important for our tetra system and the the rest of the squad there may be an element where they go I need to be on it here. Yeah, there is there is an element of that. There is an element of that. I I I, I think th- this the problem is, is what I said at the very beginning of the show. We don't know. We're working with scraps. So so Arteta might have in his mind, and if if he can manage this, Ramsdale out on an eighteen month loan, comes back in as a as a better keeper, and he phases him out, and, and, and Ramsdale then comes in for the peak of his of his time at Arsenal. That could that could be an absolute masterstroke. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, we don't know. This is the thing we don't know. Yeah, and and, and that's the problem is we we guess, and that the the moment someone's pulled out the team, well, they're gone forever. So. Okay, so you going with David Rea? Yeah, I don't think he'll be here in five years' time, but but yeah, I will set him for now over, oh, over Ramsdale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you think? So he'll go elsewhere after that? I just I I just can't. I just can't imagine him being here for for some reason. I don't know well, why. That's interesting. I just can't. I I don't I don't see him here for very for a long 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 time. Okay, I would go Devereux as well, uh, but he, yeah, he's kind of tight. But yeah, right back Ben White versus Cedric. Do you want to say this quickly? I think yeah, also. Cedric. I guess I will chuck in Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu can go go anywhere in this team if you want him because I've got right sided centre back and that's William Saliba against Tommy Asu. That feels unfair to me. That is unfair, yeah. <laughs> so so we can rattle through. Uh, there's a few we can get through quickly here, and I think the back line there's a lot of it. So just quickly then, Ben White versus Cedric yeah. or Tommy Asu. Cedric, stream- obviously. No, Ben White. Yeah, so and that will be a 37 year old <laughs> Cedric by this point. You going with Ben White? I am. I. I- Tommy Asu's been great. Yeah, Tommy Asu's the closest he's ever been, I would say, to taking that slot. And actually, the last few days, or the last few games, sorry, are the first time I've seen Arteta willing, even when it's... Ben White is basically, unless Ben White literally hasn't got any legs, he's played. He, he, like against Newcastle on the final day of or one of the final games of a couple of seasons ago, Ben White literally was like at about 20% and he was playing. Right, He's absolutely <laughs> rinsed him, to be honest. And it's the first time he's gone, actually, do you know what I think we can, which could be a confidence in his squad and a confidence in, in Tomiyasu, but it's the first time he's been willing to do that, which is interesting. Again, mm. I'm not saying he's going to sell Ben White. I'm not saying he's you know out of the team. It's just the first time that's happened. Okay. I, I agree. I would go with Ben White. Obviously, 26. And uh, one thing to say, 
the squad building is so good. The the age of the squad. Yeah, yeah. And also, there's a few players on the periphery right now that you would sell that, like, how much can you really get for them? Fine. But again, in terms of the growth of this team, we're putting forward a team who you think is going to be able to win you Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues over the next five years. Yeah. But there'll be one or two that will go out and you'll bring others in. And the ones that go out will be 25, 26, and yep. you'll get a lot of money for them. And so, good contracts as well. Yeah. Contract so management is so it's thing. really, really good. Because at no point, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of money, it needs to work. But the sort of safety of the age of the squad is just very, very impressive for a squad that was in utter disarray like two and a half years ago. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's pretty good. Uh, left side is... Uh, so Saliba over Tommy Asi, obviously... Uh, Gabriel and Kivior. Is this an easy one? I haven't got a huge it's... amount of time, so if it's not, don't, don't go into <laughs> it. Just very quickly, it does depend on the left back. Gabriel is the perfect left back to cover for Zinchenko because Gabriel left is ter terrific. Sorry, left side, back, left side of centre back. He's terrific at defending the wide channels when Zinchenko goes roaming. If Zinchenko changed, I'd be less I'd be less sure that Gabriel is the absolute right start because I think Kivior is fantastic. I probably would still pick Gabriel. Um, I think Kivior is massively underrated, but I will pick Gabriel. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, uh, Kivior obviously 23, Gabriel 25. Still young. Uh, left back, Zinchenko versus Timber is what I wanted to get to. Right, if you've got to play one in every single game, you've got a 26-year-old. Zinchenko, still so young. So he's only going to be 31 by the end of this five-year spell. Timber, 22. I thought you said something really good in a video recently, and I've been thinking about it a lot because I think a lot of people are clamouring for certain players because there have been so, Premier League, so many Premier League injuries or injuries in full stop. But I think I'm going to have a new rule for myself, which is when you are thinking, oh, when he comes back in, everything will be fine. Take 20% off that. Yeah. Because you said in the video that you always overrate players that are sort of mm. injured or kind of make their way back in. And is is there any truth in that when it comes to Timber, who is 22, and who out of these two would you pick? Yeah, it's the, if I can just make it to Christmas rule. It's like, everything will be all right if I can just make it. It's like, it won't. <laughs> you'll still yeah. be you. It's like those people who go on holiday, like, I'm just going to go on holiday. It's like, well, you'll still be there. You're still in your body. You're still there. So the same problems. Um, I would go with Zinchenko because I think Timber, you know, he's literally played one half a Premier League game. We can't, we can't sit here and go, he's the best left back. We haven't got the sample. I think I will disagree with myself in six months' time, but for now, Zinchenko. Interesting. Also, I th with Zinchenko and Timber, there's a bit of a David De Gea Anana thing where you've got one guy's brilliant at this bit, but you yeah. might feel there's an, a weakness there. Timber, I mean, I guess maybe just in a terms of comparison, not as technically adept as Zinchenko. On the ball, because I mean, Zinchenko from that point of view is a is a joke. But then there'll be those moments where he gives away the ball, yeah. and then you know. Okay, so you're going to go Zinchenko. Interesting. Okay, Declan Rice, Thomas Partey, El Nenny, and Jorginho. Again, interesting squad building here. We've got a 24 year old Declan Rice, cost a lot of money, but understandably so. Thomas Partey, 30, so he'd be 35 by that point. Um, El Nenny, 31, and Jorginho. I'm going to just get rid of those two. <laughs> I think that's fair. Feels harsh, but yeah. I'm not going to totally erase them. I'm literally not, because it does seem cruel. There's still people. <laughs> Declan Rice and Thomas Partey. I mean, easy one. We're going to Declan, right? And and do you see his future there at the um, at the base? Yeah, he's a six. Uh, he, he'll he'll step forward into the pockets, but he will be primarily a six. Okay. Right side is centre midfielder, Martin Odegaard and Fabio Vieira. I think Odegaard will end up on the left. Do you? I do. Why? 
because I think other players will move around. And I think the reason Odegaard's on the right at the minute is because he... he I think the reason Arteta likes him there is because he can combine with Saka. And I think he just wants good players close together. It's as simple as that. Um, and I think Odegaard... You talk about winger compliments... And there's a, I'm stealing this from a guy called George Vusas. He talks about winger compliments. He talks about if you have a high touch winger, you want a low touch left central midfielder, right. let's say on the left side. And if you've got a low touch winger, you want a high touch um, uh, midfielder next to them. For example, Erdegaard and Martinelli could be, could be lights out. And we, you know, with someone who is running constantly making those runs in behind, mm. with Saka he wants the ball a lot more, and yeah. you can get the ball clustered on that side and have so many touches without it really necessarily going anywhere. You want to try and compliment them as much as you can. Bit like I guess you've seen Bernardo Silva and Doku at the moment. It's like less less of that sort of vertical running in behind from Doku, but Bernardo Silva in terms of the spaces that he gets and then moves the ball onto Doku yeah. quickly. Yeah, it's very difficult yeah. to defend. Okay, so we go. So, but are you I'll, I'll, for this I'll put one? For, yeah, I'll put him in there. Okie doke. Right. Left centre midfield. We've got Havertz versus Smith Rowe here. But you can, again, I will provide you, you, because I think, say, for example, well, let's come back to that. Because I think you've got on the right wing, a lot of these, a lot of these guys are set in stone, which is kind of the point of us talking about it. Because Bakai Saka and Reese Nelson, again, you feel do you feel like he will move on to from a, to a different position? I think he will, but I actually I actually think we could be approaching five years before it happens. Okay. I think he'll be I think he'll be in his mid to late twenties okay. before that anything moves. Striker position. That's interesting as well. But Martinelli and Trossard, for all of our love of Trossard, he is never gonna usurp Martinelli, especially as a twenty nine year old of this five year period. No. He's one of those who's you know, you dot him about I guess from from the attacking phase, Trossard is your Tomiyasu. Yeah, on the defensive side, Tomiyasu is your comparison. Trossard, right? But you'll go with Martinelli for that one. I would. the The only thing with Martinelli is he's kind of still got this. He's got a bit of a Smith Rowe problem where he's always in a conversation with Saka. Saka's not normal. So what happens is Saka p- gives you this output, this ability to break open games, get mm. game-winning assists, all these things, and it's Saka and Martinelli, and we're we're trying to put them in the same category. He's also the, the local lad. Exactly, which is another thing. And and Saka is the darling of Arsenal Football Club and I think Mm. Martinelli isn't quite in that category. I I still think he needs to access the... What Martinelli does is he always tries to access the box round the back and Saka always always cuts in, which is nice to some degree, but I'd love to see Martinelli access the box a little bit more from the front sometimes. I think sometimes he doesn't quite time his runs right. I think sometimes he gets himself... He he takes too many touches. He just needs to refine himself a little bit. But by the way, he's 22. That's completely normal. He's just being compared to Saka, who's... (laughs) Also, crucially, his output was as good as Saka's last year, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got some weird areas now. So we've got left-sided centre midfield. I've got Kai Havertz and Emil Smith-Rowe. I can chuck Trossard into that in a five-year conversation. But I think time will tell and there'll be areas that you might want to move and we've got some options for that in a second. Uh, give us go on. Give us your if you had to put your money on Havertz or Smith Rowe, who will have the better career and who will be who will have the guy? better career? Well, who who would you want for the next five years? If I have to set and forget right now, Havertz. Okay. I I I think I think Havertz is. Does he love the club like Smith Rowe? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bit lad? of a traitor, aren't you? Really? It's a shame. So you hate Smith Rowe? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I th- For someone who analyzes a lot, he's just gone for the shiny thing. I think I think Havertz. I'll say all this, and there's a massive butt coming. Havertz is a 
brilliantly intelligent footballer. Everyone who works with him will say that. He times his runs so well. He can create space for you. He times his arrivals well. He could be so brilliant in the attacking third. I think he, once he gets his confidence up a little bit, I think he can start to impact games a little bit more. But there's just so... I think with the intensity of the Premier League and someone who is so lax in their style, I wonder if Arsenal fans will ever take to him. Interesting. I love Emil Smith, bro. I really want him to leave so he can just go, shut up. Keep shut you all up. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I, ju- I just love his movement. I just think he's so smart. I just think yeah, it's such a shame top. that he's not... Jamie, Jamie Carragher said he's the best ball carrier in the Premier League at one point, and I think at one point he was correct. He's not now, but... I just go, go back to Croydon. Go to Palace. Go, go, Even go on Croydon, loan. Mate. Just enjoy yourself. I think he'd kill it. Striker position. Jesus versus Nketiah. Yeah, it's Jesus. I, I think I think with Jesus, if Jesus can stay, it's it's like how do you want to construct your attack? It's in, and it's kind of you can have it a situation where you essentially make your wingers your superstars. You can you can make it a situation with Saka and Martinelli, who are your superstars, and Jesus is their facilitator. Mm-hmm. But if their facilitator can't get on the pitch for half the season, you've got a problem. And again, another presser yesterday, Arteta was essentially asked, do you want to move for that kind of number nine, that Osserman, Haaland type profile in terms of inevitability, in terms of goal scoring? And he said something along the lines of, look, you want as many goals in the team as possible. <laughs> and, and he's and he's, and he's he's moved, you know, you, and Pep, Pep said this in an interview recently. He's like, I adapt to my players way more than people think. Jesus is a fantastic football player who makes this system right now work. But is there another level we could go to and, if, and adapting, maybe changing Saka's role slightly, changing Martinelli's role slightly, changing the, the combination of the eight slightly to get a number nine in who scores goals? I think that's possible. Do you know what I like the idea of a little bit as well? If you look at Man City and having Alvarez, mm. Jesus as an Alvarez, yeah. I think could or be Haaland really good fun. As that as the kind of backboard. What you think him him as not the backboard? Ha- sorry, not ha- Havertz. Jesus Christ! Right. Oh, ha- I see what you mean. Havertz is a kind of backboard second striker to a to another number nine. Yeah, because so a couple of options we had for strikers. Ivan Tony is the one that you know a lot of people are talking about. I, I hugely rate him. I think wherever he goes, he will score goals. I think he'd be a great option, a very different option for Arsenal as well. Um, so I think he would be great. Uh, quick thoughts on that? Are you certain? Are you not certain? You're not sure about him, are I'm you? I'm not sure about Tony. Look, I think Tony could come in and contribute very well. But is he? It that's going to cost you seventy, eighty million pounds. And is that is that worth it for 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 that? I'd rather go after that proper level rate. I'd still start Jesus over Ivan Tony. I think Ivan Tony is still a little bit disrespected, certainly by you, Alex. Okay. 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 Jonas Wind, 24, if you want to go a bit younger. Tony's 27. Who? James Wind. Jonas Wind. I've never heard of him. Have you got Wind? <laughs> you could <laughs> if you bought him. Remember the name. This guy's a gem, football manager people. Really enjoy him. I've been told by Kai. I can't play football management much as I used to, and I miss it. Anyway, nine goals in 13 Bundesliga matches. Uh, his non-penalty XG is 5.2. Big boy as well. I've never heard that name. That's so crazy. I think it's another... It's uh, That's the option. He's... Do you think that is an option that is needed? Tammy Abraham is another option. 26, obviously, he's been out. But, um, 21, 22, he got 17 goals, Serie A goals. They, he was linked, uh, I think. I think he was linked with, actually, Aston Villa, actually, in the summer. Yeah. But do you think you need that big guy? Just as an option, when you're talking about all these options. Yes. I think we, we've we added height with Havertz as an option, but that's not 
you that basically if you look at the trend of nines in the Premier League, teams team especially against the top teams, teams are sitting deeper than they ever have. Well, certainly in the last, you think about sort of the mid two thousand tens. It was teams that were thriving were Pochettino, Leicester, transition teams, and teams were meeting higher up the pitch. Now the control method is essentially winning games. You can even see Liverpool transition to more control methods, although less less far than uh, than City. You have to ask different questions of centre-backs. When you have a false nine against a bit of a mid-block, you can move players around. When you have a false nine against a low block that is asking one guy to move four centre-backs, yeah. <laughs> let's say you've got this point, it's a very different thing. So you have to move centre-backs in a different way, move defenders in a different way. And for that, I do think you need a bit of height and pace. Okay. In that five-year period, so we've got your we've got your team there. I'm literally going to ask you, are you going to just say numbers in a second in terms of how much these players would sell for? We're going to go super quick fire. Okay. But we've got, so for that left-sided centre midfield options, there's a couple just to chuck out there. My boy, Abir Eze, who is just oh, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. And defensively actually better than people realise. He's one of those. I always think there's, often you have these with players who've got the right kind of attitude for it is that when they're so good at dribbling, yep. they can see it. Do you know who was really good defensively when he was switched on? Uh, certainly in terms of players trying to dribble past him. Adele Tarapt was very rarely got dribbled past. And probably why he changed the role and got to the you know got where he got to because he could see what they were trying to do and he was able to stop them. Bireze is actually much better than people would probably give him credit because he's so gorgeous on the ball. But 25 could be an option. Uh, Lucas Pakatar. Uh, total of 10 goal involvements in the Premier League since uh, signing last season. Ranks in top 10% in most defensive stats, probably because it's West. he's playing for West Ham, so there's a bit of a caveat there. 6.9 progressive passes per 90 in the top 5% as well. And I think we saw his versatility in the World Cup for Brazil as well. I think he could be a solid option, probably would uh, cost uh, quite a bit. And finally, Kai wanted to chuck this one in here. 22-year-old Thiago Almada uh, plays for Atalanta. Not Atalanta, Atlanta in MLS. Uh, 12 goals and 16 assists in 33 matches. Al- Almiron came from Atlanta as well, so <laughs> there are players that have done it, because I know I know you're all turning your nose up at the MLS product, so he could be an option. Right, so here we go. Long list of numbers here. Just going to pick out a number. How much are you getting for these players? All right, I'm going to move to okay. my, move gonna, into my brief now. Between two and okay. a peak, peak and trough. So, Ramsdale. Contract expires in 2026. Is that right? Say, say with all these, we could sell them right now. You're going to sell them? Yes. You get well. I think, yeah. How much could you sell them next summer? Let's do that. Okay. Next summer. Uh, so yeah, 25 year old uh, Ramsdale. How much are you selling for? How much do you want? I I think I think we could we the maximum. Oh, so hard. To, I think between 60 and 80 million should be our aim. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, name name me a name me. Name me three better prospects in world football in terms of goalkeepers. Fair point. And he's and he's English, English tax. Mm. Wow. Who's going to pay it though? Who's going to pay it? Maybe Newcastle. Feels like I think Arsenal would de- go, uh, will be flirting with Newcastle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think he'd have good fun there as well, wouldn't he? The fans would love him. Absolutely love him. Uh, but Pope's been brilliant for them. Time will tell. Cedric, big bucks. Packet of crisps. Packet of crisps. Okay. If you disagree, of course, let us know. Uh, I, I think you're going to free. Okay, it's Tommy Yasu. But Contract expires in 2025. He is 25. As in, what could we get for him? Yeah. Uh, I think between 40 and 70. I think it will <laughs> depend on the buyer. That is that is a horrible take. Fair enough. Okay. 
I think you underrate. I think you need to can't. You think there's too much. You think there's too much coin out there. I, I think there's enough coin. Out I there, think though. to a Bayern Munich. Oh, who I we're interested? I, th- I, th- I can see a Bayern Munich coming in. I think he's that good. Oh, I don't think they can do that one. Maybe forty at push. Mm. Forty at push. Kivior. Kivior. Um, I think the problem is that I don't think he is. It's similar to Tommy Asu. I don't think he's as rated outside of Arsenal. Uh, between twenty and thirty-five million. Okay, screams West Ham for me. Yeah. Timber. Timber. He's got a contract till 2028. He's 22. Got him for 35 million. Done well there, haven't you? Again, what could we get for him as a maximum price? I think between 40 and 50, about what we paid for him from the right from the right club. Yeah, I think you'll get. I think he could be one you could get a lot for if if it came to that moment. It's going to be interesting to see how that battle goes in the next year with him and Zinchenko. Okay, Thomas Partey. 30. I think with the injury issues, I'd, you know, unless unless a Juventus come in, I think the absolute maximum we're getting for him is about 20, 25 million. Mm-hmm. I think he'll probably go for about 10, 15. Uh, go on, just numbers now. El Nenny. He'll go on a free. Jorginho. Free. 10 million. 10 to a, million? To a free. Yeah, to, a, to an Italian club. Mm. They love him. Expires in 2024. Getting, Probably getting nothing. Oh, if he's going into yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. In which case, you go for free. Fabio Vieira. Uh, Contract till twenty twenty seven. Give me a number between ten and twenty. Oh, not much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe, twenty twenty six. His contract twenty three years old. Uh, between fifteen and twenty five. Okay. Reese Nelson. Contract till twenty twenty seven. Why did he sign that? Yeah, I think with the with the new contract next summer, he we could probably maybe get twenty million. Twenty four year old Eddie and Ketier, contract twenty twenty seven. I th- I think a Brentford or whatever he's worth. It, again, it's it's a buy. It depends on the buyer. Because um, I know I'm going to get cooked for all these, but it just depends on the buyer. At thirty million for the for, for a Brentford, but again, he'd be worth ten million to a, a Napoli. It's 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 it's, it's, it's like <laughs> it's so hard. Do you know what? Do you see him at? But I guess he probably won't happen now because they're going to go up someone like Jao Pedro. But I could see him like going. Say they sell Ferguson, they bring in Enketia. Yeah. You still get yourself That'll some goals. For Br- Brighton or Brentford, he'd do really well. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Trossard. It was on the scrap heap, sadly. 29 year old. Not going to get much here. F- 10 to 15 million, yeah, fair enough. So, with all that money in the bank, mm. <laughs> in this fictional world that we've created, yep. very quickly. Do Arsenal have a lot of money? Or have you spent it all now? Do you know? I I think there's. I've I've always said there's three and a half players who I think are absolute stalwarts of Arsenal for the next. You know, if all go all goes to plan, next five years, and I think that's Saka, Rice, and Saliba, plus Erdegaard if he can if he can get to the levels that he was last season consistently. I think I think Odegaard still has he's a little bit patchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rice and Saliba and Saka just a bit more consistent. I think that's all it is. Right. I also think Odegaard's transitioning to a slightly different role, which isn't helping. Um but I yeah, I I I think there's a few things we need to do. But players like you, you mentioned it earlier and it's you're, you're bang on Trossard and Tommy Asu, these types of players are more important now than they have ever been. They are they're not the problem is we're saying important as important they're as important but in a different way to Saka and Saliba you, you saw what happened last season with, with Saliba but with if Tommy Asu was fit I, I think I still think we're in the league do you really? know what I mean I, th- I think wow. it's that it's it's having flaws and ceilings of a squad 
of your first 16, 17 who can all come in and do a job at basically the same level is is so, so important. So the amount of money that you would get back from all of those is $255 million. I'm pocketing all of it, mate. So I guess in, in that three or four year period, if you use that 255 to bring in mm-hmm. three players, four, mm-hmm. okay, no, five players, let's say. Okay. Then you've got, you can go and do a Liverpool and go get yourself an Allison and a Van Dyke yeah. and, and make that move from, which you've already made in terms of the Declan Rices of this world, but that move from a couple of right, wholesale changes, mm-hmm. youngsters taking a bit of a gamble here to yeah. final pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. I, there was there was some conversations the other week about Arsenal exploring the possibility of Mbappe. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. But what, because for, for loads and loads of different reasons, and I, don't, I actually don't think it should happen because I think he, he, he might mess certain things up. Mm. But there were some people being, why are we in? For, if you want to compete, if you, if you can't simultaneously hold these two views, we should be competing with Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and all these clubs we shouldn't be in for the best players in the world. You can't hold those two opinions. And, you know, people, you, you go, you go, oh, I think we should have tried to sign Jude Bellingham in the summer. You're ridiculous. You're, you're, you're pie in this. Okay, but you also think we should win the best league in the entire world. Yeah. So w- what game are we playing here? Yeah, It's absolutely. bizarre. <laughs> and that's the, move, that's the move now. And that, again, that comes down to what Arteta's done, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ciao. Okay, we're going to finish up and this is going to become a regular thing. Top fives. Top five most important Arsenal players of the Premier League era. You were tweet. You were messaged last night. Yeah, no, I did. Was. I did prep. Do you have your five? If you do have your five, do you want me to go first? You go. F- yeah, you, you go want first. me to go first? go first. Okay, right, guys. This is the top five most important Arsenal players of the Premier League era. In fifth, are you going in order? Okay, Abamyang. If Abamyang doesn't score that goal and essentially drag Arsenal to that FA Cup win in Arteta's first few months, Arteta doesn't survive because that was leaned upon. And if he doesn't survive, you're not where you are right now. So Abamyang dragging that team, scoring that goal, winning that FA Cup, gave him just that touch of credit in the bank of a trophy, of a medal that allowed Arsenal to be what they are right now. In fourth, Ian Wright. People won't know enough about Ian Wright. But what you have to remember is, first of all, in terms of the, the trophies that they won, it might have been other players scoring some of those goals. But Ian Wright scored such a high percentage of Arsenal's goals. Under George Graham, they didn't score goals. Ian Wright scored goals. That 1-0 to the Arsenal, as much as that was you know, a whole defensive thing and they were brilliant, Ian Wright, if you don't score goals, you don't win games. Ian Wright is... Also, I think, moving on from that, synonymous with Arsenal, he is a huge reason why so many people support Arsenal. And he is still just an outright, wasn't utterly outrageous player for them. And isn't that isn't known enough because he's done so much. And we just, we love Ian, right? We love you, Ian. Ian, you talk into this mic, by the way. Please come <laughs> sit there and let me talk to you. Come on the podcast. Anyway, in three, Tony Adams, captain leader legend. The real captain leader legend. Stunning player. I think one of the most beautiful moments I've seen for Arsenal is him when he scores the goal against Everton. And either the sun hits him or he just takes it in. It's the most beautiful moment of glory. Um, so important, again, in terms of some of the trophies that Arsenal won, instead of sort of really sort of washing away in seasons where they weren't great in in the league, 
they still won cup competitions because they didn't concede that many goals. And that is a huge part down to Tony Adams. And also, I think if you think of the buy-in for Arsene Wenger and the success that they had, you can't change the whole team. And that back line, led by Adams again, he's the starting point by getting those guys all to come together, obviously with Arsene Wenger as well. So Tony Adams has to be in there in third place. In second place, Mikel Arteta. Of course, played for the club. If he doesn't play for the club, I don't think he becomes the manager. Certainly in his first job, to go straight into that job, for to have that exposure uh, when it comes to Arsene Wenger and that tutelage is really important. But if he doesn't play for the club, then he doesn't manage the club and Arsenal aren't where they are right now. And then finally, in top spot, has to be Thierry Henry for me. I think still for me, the best player of the Premier League era. Uh, he was outrageous. Like you still see it now with certain players, but back then it was it was a joke. He was both graceful and just frightening at the same time. Beautiful goals, created his own finish essentially, took Arsenal to obviously the heights that they they hit. And there's a lot of great players in there, but there's always certain people that are so crucial. Thierry Henry was the most crucial, stunning player, number one for me. Very good. I I, I buy all of those apart from Aubameyang. Okay, what's your top In reverse order, I, outside shout for Bukayo Saka, I'm not putting it on the list, but for the same reason, because I think maybe that's a more high-value moment, but in terms of overall getting Arsenal out of tricky situations and saving Arteta's job, I actually think Saka's done a... I, I, Aubameyang had the highlight moment, but Saka has saved Arteta so many times. Yeah, that's um, I also put Arteta at fifth. I think you're right. I think if he doesn't play for us... I don't think things work out the way they do. And I don't think we see ourselves. And, you know, who knows where we could be. If we didn't have him post Unai, who knows where we'd be? Seriously, you know, you look at United. I, re- I really don't know. And I think we have to pay a lot of respect to him. In fourth, I've put Cesc Fabregas because he didn't necessarily win loads of stuff for us. But firstly, he typified, as a, as a captain, he, he, you know, he obviously played a lot of games for us and, and, and did a lot, for, a lot for us in that sense. But he, without Cesc Fabregas, I don't think we continually get into the Champions League year after year after year with some of the teams that Wenger was dealing with in the mid-2000s as he had to sell players during the Emirates era. I don't think we manage that transition to the Emirates. I don't think we compete at the top level of the Champions League you know, for that long mm. without Cesc Fabregas dragging us through that period. Yeah, he did. Special mention to Van Persie, but you're not getting on the list. Um, in third, caveat, I was born in 1997, but Tony Adams... I don't think you can have, you, you can look at the success, you know, of those teams going back to George Graham, whatever, obviously we're just talking Premier League era, but I think the success that was had during that period of the double winners, all that sort of stuff, you, you, even as a young fan, you can't look back and go and disrespect what he did. It's incredible. So of course he is there. Uh, and the top two are Frenchmen. Um, I've gone on Henri first um, for the same reasons as you, but I also want to highlight in second, Patrick Vieira. I think Patrick Vieira, um, Similarly, in terms of Ian Wright, uh, I think, like, you know, speaking even beyond football, I think I'm right in saying Arsenal were the first team who played, I think it was in 2003, the, the first team of completely non white players. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was, and he was sort of typifying that era of bringing, you know, foreign engagement into the, you know, popularizing the Premier League, how he played, the leadership he showed. Um, yeah, I don't think we have half as much success during that period without Patrick Vieira. Special mentions, I like the Batman Young one, bit of fun. And um, it'll also probably do better on Twitter because of that. But I will say... Can I, can I also just say on the Vera thing? Because this, this is my hottest take. I didn't see him play. So so you can completely discount this if you want. I think some fans 
Arsenal fans slightly overrate him. They put him in the best Premier League players of all to Henri, Gerrard, like, okay, he's, he's, he's category below. Very good player. Yes. But he spent a lot of his career outside of Arsenal anyway, so. That's true. And I must say the name, Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that name because yeah. 97, 98, he was, he was a bit of a joke and does Wenger have the tenure that he has if he doesn't have the no. first team? Big part of the first team was Dennis Bergkamp. I mean, you could just name five Invincibles, really, but then I think it would be unfair. <laughs> yes. Uh, Al, love it. Great stuff. Pleasure Third as always. Third time on. Yeah? Yeah, I think I think you're up there now. Who's who's you who's lost, maybe? Let's go. mate, really, really enjoyed it. Pleasure. Um where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. What's your address? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find me <laughs> Buckingham Palace. Um you can find me on Twitter at AM on football, uh, and at Diff Knock as well, and on YouTube, the different knock. Good stuff. Uh, right, guys, if you enjoyed this, please follow the podcast. Uh, we saw our Spotify rap numbers and it literally blew our minds. So thank you so much for the support this year. To have like, I think we had like 27,000 of you guys in the top 10% of the podcast that you're enjoying this year is absolutely astounding. It's down to the unbelievable guests that we're able to get on, which is incredibly fortunate on my part. Um, but it's also, you know, obviously you guys clicking on it and listen to it. So thank you so, so much. And you. Unironically, I know you wouldn't say it yourself. You are brilliant. Okay. But uh, watch this. But uh, next year, can we have you all in the top one percent? There was a drop off: twenty percent, twenty thousand to six thousand from top five to top one. Now, to be fair, we started in February, so we're missing a month. But maybe that was it. But we want as many in the top one percent next year. So uh, if you aren't following the podcast right now, make sure you do. Thank you, guys. Speak soon. 